I'm your host, Vic Choksi, and this is Victory Lab. The premise behind Victory Lap is simple. It's to have on luminaries from the sports, entertainment, and media worlds to talk about their journey, and most notably, one victory that helped them reach their goal. On today's episode, I speak with Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe just moved to Las Vegas and is going to be helping ESPN with their gambling content. Joe, what sparked your interest in sports? All right, so I'm going to give you the rundown on the timeline, which cool. will probably give you some good context, and then from there, we can fill in all the details. I'm 39. My undergraduate was at Penn State, political science. And then from there, I graduated in 03, and I went to San Diego to get a law degree. I graduated from Thomas Jefferson School of Law in 2006. My whole mindset when I was coming out of high school, I played sports. I love sports. I wanted to work in sports. The first thought was I wanted to be an NFL agent. So I figure get a law degree so you can learn contracts, but more importantly, get real world experience. So in the summer of 03, in the buildup to me moving to San Diego, I did a like a Google search research project on which NFL agents were based out of the San Diego area because I wanted to get an internship. And I wanted to find a guy who had been around a long time, who knew the business, but also didn't have any skeletons in the closet, like someone who could teach you to do it the right way. And I came across the name Jack Becta, who was popular lately because he represents George Kittle. So we got yep. that big Kittle contract done. So what I did was in the month of August, in the buildup to my move to San Diego, I put together my resume and a cover letter. And I was going to mail it to him every single day for a month. And then if I didn't hear from him, I was going to keep mailing it. But in month two, I was going to call every day for a month. And if two months goes by and I hadn't gotten through month three, I was just going to start showing up at his office. So I changed the cover letter every day because I I didn't want it to seem to be the same. I wanted him to see the detail and the focus. And it was 23 letters. And after the 23rd letter, I got a phone call from Joe Palumbo who was an agent working for Jack, who said, dude, enough of the letters, just come up. Just come up and let's meet. (laughs) And they gave gave me an unpaid internship. So before I ever stepped foot in my law school for day one, I was already interning. And I interned for Jack the whole way through law school. So I graduate. Jack had talked about bringing me on to work for him. But, you know, you graduate in the spring. The next NFL draft isn't for a year. I had to start making money. It wasn't going to be a perfect fit for me. So... I didn't end up taking the job because I needed to start grinding. And this is where I bounced around a little bit. I moved to Florida. I was playing a lot of online poker. I did that for maybe six months. I moved back to PA where I'm from. I worked in minor league baseball for a little bit. And while I was in minor league baseball, I get a phone call from Jack, who's launching a website called nationalfootballpost.com. He wanted to bring me on to kind of manage the site, do some writing, be like the jack of all trades. So this was fantastic. I was making 500 bucks a month as an intern for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the Phillies AAA affiliate in their first year on the job. And there's a lot of great people, but you're working crazy hours in minor league baseball, crazy hours. So I get this opportunity. I jump at it. The site launches in August of 2008. It's with Michael Lombardi, Andrew Brandt, Matt Bowen, Jack, and myself. Those are the original five. Things are going really well. I'm, I'm getting an opportunity to write about fantasy. I got an opportunity to do some opinion pieces. I was editing. It was awesome. A lot of travel. We were at the Combine, Senior Bowl, Super Bowl, all that stuff. So I'm living, I'm living at home at this time. I got no social life. I'm pouring everything in the work. I'm not yeah. dating anyone. I decide I had always liked betting on sports. I wanted to start writing about betting on sports. And I said, you know what, let's just, I'm moving out to Vegas. I want to get back out West. I'm going to move to Vegas for one football season and I'm going to get to know all the bookmakers 
and all the professional betters. And my thought process was learn the industry, do it the right way. And maybe just maybe if sports betting is ever legalized, I might be a value to one of these bigger networks. I might be able to get a, a, a bigger job. This is 2011, August, okay. 2011. So I had been with national football post three years. Okay. I'm moving out there. I'm still doing all the same stuff. I'm doing for NFP, but I'm now writing a lot more about sports betting. I was doing a little video series where I would go meet with, with bookmakers and pro bettors. And we do like 10 minutes on the games that weekend, stuff like that. It was terrible. I was so bad at it. Yeah. This is important for the young people because you got to get your reps, just get in front of a camera. It doesn't matter if it's bad, just get your reps. So I said I was only going out for the season. I ended up staying there. And from 11 to August of 11 until November of 14, I'm there. I end up meeting the girl I end up marrying there as well. She was working there. She's living there. She's originally from New York. And in 2014, while I'm doing radio hits, talking about sports betting, talking about all types of stuff, Barrett calls me out of nowhere, Facebooks me out of nowhere, and asks if I have any interest in doing radio. So we have a few conversations. I fly up for, you know, some auditions. And the next thing you know, I get an offer to be a co-host in morning radio in the fourth biggest market in the country, San Francisco. And I love wine country. My wife loves wine country. We love Tahoe. This was going to get us near everything. This was my break. Because yep. at this point, NFP had kind of bogged down a little bit. I wasn't making a lot of money. It kind of felt like this might be the end of my opportunity in sports. I, I wasn't sure if anything was ever going to come of it. So I get this. I move up to San Francisco immediately. Uh, I'm doing that job for what turns out to be just shy of six years. So this December, this November, it would have been six years. Everything's going great, but I'm still writing about sports betting, right? I'm still doing a podcast. I'm still staying connected. And then two years ago, PASPA gets repealed. And it's like, oh, hey, remember when I made that investment in Las Vegas to like try to be someone that was ahead of the curve? Look at this. Who knows what will happen? And before you know it, the opportunity started popping up left and right. And you had a lot of media members who had never talked about sports betting, but now all of a sudden the the light went off. Whereas the ones who had already been in it kind of had established themselves a little bit. So I end up getting an opportunity to audition for ESPN's daily wager. Uh, That that is in the summer of 2018. The show then launches. I end up getting the job. It was like months later. I wasn't sure if anything was going to come of it. I got the job officially March 1st, 2019. We launched in the middle of March, 2019. And then that went so well, they're eventually going to launch these studios in Vegas. Opportunity comes up where they see if I want to move. ESPN Radio is involved as well. They wanted to, they're using me on game day on Saturdays. So it's a radio, a TV, digital package they put together, which was the dream. Plus we get to come back to a city that we love. So that's pretty much what leads us to this conversation. Your journey seemed amazing on paper and your story, right? But of course, you grinded a lot. You went through a lot, right? What are some hurdles you faced along the way that you can think of or remember? So before I broke in, it it feels like at every point before the next step happened, I I felt almost as if I was at a breaking point where nothing was going to work out. So I'm in minor league baseball. I'm making 500 bucks a month as an intern, which I'm living at home. I'm thinking to myself... I got a law degree, but I don't want to practice law. I had gone for an internship. I tried to get an internship uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I missed out like right at the end of this audition. It was like 20 guys whittled down. I ended up missing out on that. It was, there was a lot of heartbreak. And there was this, this sense that it's never going to work. You're going to need to figure something else out. Like my dad even talked to me at one point. He was like, what, what's plan B here? Like yeah. it's time to start thinking about plan B. You're, you're coming up on 30. You got to figure something out. So right as that was happening, 
that's when I got the call about National Football Post. So I jump into that with everything. I'm talking, I don't think I took a single day off, and this includes weekends. I just worked every day straight for almost a year, working weekends, working 15-hour days. I was loving it. And then I moved to Vegas, and we get to the point where we're about six years into the site, and it felt like we had had our opportunity and we just didn't capitalize. And the site was kind of trying to find its way, but a lot of the the best guys had left. You know, Lombardi had left, Brant had left, Bowen had left. It was just Jack and I and some new people. And I'm starting to think now I'm in Vegas and I'm living with my girlfriend, now wife, and I'm just thinking, I don't know, this, this might be the end of the road. You know, it's that same come to terms moment. I remember we were at a friend of hers wedding in Washington, D.C., and we were having a conversation over drinks where I was thinking about going to blackjack school and just becoming a blackjack dealer. Like, what was I going to do that was going to make me happy, but also make some money because this wasn't working. I was making, I think it was less than 40 K a year. And now I'm in my thirties. And if I want to have a family one day, you know, I got to start thinking about a plan. So right when that's at its worst point, that's when Barrett calls about the job in San Francisco. So then I get this opportunity of hosting mornings up here. Daily Wager comes along, and now I'm starting to piece it all together. I'm doing radio. I'm doing TV. I got a live stream. I'm doing a lot of great stuff. But again, hungry, trying to keep climbing. You're thinking to yourself, gambling is going to be so big. You made an investment nine years ago in this. Can you push this further? Should you be pushing this further? Do you want to stay in San Francisco? And if so, how long? Cost of living there is outrageous. So if you want to buy a house, I have two young kids. If you want to buy a house, if you want to be in a good school district, if you want to retire one day, the, the ability of getting there is so challenging when you live in a place like the Bay Area, you know, is that going to be the right move? So then ESPN comes along and it's like, hey, you can go back to Vegas. You're going to have an opportunity to do TV, to do a digital show, to do radio. I jumped at it because it felt like it was another career step. So now it's, it's the investments are paying off, the hard work's paying off. But along the way, there was always just a... You wonder if you were flatlining. You wonder if maybe you missed your windows. Just from talking to you, right? Like hearing your story, you said you would have been happy to like just be a blackjack dealer, right? So of course yeah. you, have, <laughs> you have something in you, right? Like what's your why when it comes to like sports? What is that factor where you're like, man, I'll, I'll just maybe become a blackjack dealer to, to just stay in the game? So I grew up probably just like you and a lot of other people where you, you watched everything. You tried to play everything. You, yep. you idolized these guys. I remember in like fifth grade, there was some project where we were supposed to talk about role models and everyone talked about their parents. And I was talking about like Barry Sanders, <laughs> yeah. guys like that. Like everything was sports centric in my life. Everything I wore, everything I watched, everything I cared about was sports centric. And yeah. you know, you, you, if you have parents that are giving you good advice and you hear this from a lot of people, pursue what you love. You know, it's never going to feel like work if you're doing something you love. So if I was going to find a way to, to match making a living with something I love, then I'd be able to get through my days and be happy. That was the, it's all, the ultimate goal is happiness, right? That's what we're all striving for. So as each of these steps was taking place, it was a beautiful thing that I was in sports, but then there's also that hunger to be successful, right? That hunger to, to show that if I'm going to do this, can I do it well? How far can I push myself? Am I worth it? You know, um, I think a lot of people have asked, would you have stayed in local radio? You know, what was the idea of going? For me, it's always just been about how high can I climb? How far can I go before someone tells me, you know what, you're just not good enough for this next level. I feel like I'm just still waiting for that moment to happen. And until it does, I'm just going to keep pushing. 
So I get to do something I love every day. Work for me is I, I got to put on the Jazz Nuggets game seven. Like, that's fantastic. That's yeah. fantastic. And then you take some notes. You're communicating with great people who feel the same way. And then you come in and you talk about it on TV the next day. That's been the driver. Being able to do something I love in an industry that also happens to offer opportunities where you can make good money and do well for yourself. Yep. So looking back on everything, right, just from the beginning, is there like a vic- a small victory or a big victory or just a moment that you can say that like helped propel and get you to where you're at right now? Every moment that, that broke. So what's the famous line? You know, luck is what happens when opportunity meets persistence, right? And it feels like I've caught a ton of lucky breaks, but they're all breaks where I put myself in a position to catch them, right? So to get that internship, which eventually led to National Football Post, which eventually led to radio, which combined led to ESPN. I needed to sit there and write those 23 letters consecutively. And I needed to put a lot of persistence into it. But at the same time, I also needed Jack to respond. So if I don't catch that break, who knows, but I caught the break. So there's the persistence, there's the hard work, there's trying to differentiate yourself from the pack, and then there's the break. And then at NFP, you know, you're working hard, but I needed Barrett to hear me. My wife used to think I was crazy all the radio hits I would do. We would be out at night. I'd step out to do a radio hit. She's the only one that knows this. I did a regular hit in Baltimore on Fridays during the NFL season, which started at 6 a.m. Pacific time. There's going to be too much information. I sleep naked. I would just get up with my alarm at 5.55, and I'd be walking around the house naked doing this Baltimore radio hit every Friday, and then I'd jump back in bed or I'd, I'd start work or whatever it is. But all those hits, people would look at me like I'm crazy for always saying yes, but I enjoy doing them. I love it when people would team me up for stuff like that. And that apparently is what led to Barrett. And then, of course, the government needed to repeal PASPA. You know, if they don't pull that back, sports betting's nowhere near what it is, so the ESPN opportunity's never there either. Or maybe it could have happened in 15 years when I'd be in my 50s and I wouldn't be of value to anybody. So literally, I put myself in a position, but I still needed all those breaks to occur in order for me to get here. I love that, man. Let's transition to today's landscape a little bit. You had the foresight to get into gambling when you did, right? What are your views on the future of sports betting with everything that's going on? It's huge. The sky's the limit. You know, right now the economy is in tough shape a little bit with everything that's going on and the job market is in a tough way as well. But this is going to open up a lot of opportunity. I think we're at 18 states right now. By the next election, we could have as many as 24, 25. And the projections by 2025 have it at maybe 40 states. So it was kind of like what happened with marijuana. A lot of people were nervous. Then Colorado legalized. Crime didn't go up and revenue started pouring in. So what people are realizing now is that you have these gambling companies, DraftKings, FanDuel, William Hill, all these guys who have tons of money to spend. Penn National buying Barstool, FanDuel bringing on uh, Worldwide Wob and, um, and Pat McAfee. They have so much money to spend, they need to bring and build their client bases. And companies are realizing, individual brands are realizing, you can partner with these companies and you can make good money. So of all the things right now, all the industries that aren't paying real well, all the opportunities that might not be there, gambling's providing that because these companies have a ton of money and they see a big future. So everything that is an ancillary offshoot of that, you're gonna need production people, camera people, sound people, 
tech people. You're going to need writers. You're going to need audio. You're going to need TV. It's going to be an opportunity for everyone. I'm in it from a corporate standpoint. I'm in it from an individual standpoint with the live stream I do with Odd Shark. There's just opportunities abound. But one of the pitfalls is going to be, you know, finding the individuals who understand the information and those who don't. You know, the light went on two years ago for a lot of people that, hey, this is a new industry and, and everyone's talking about spreads now. So some guys, you know, are, are trying to convince you they know it, but they might not. Others really do. And you're going to have to do what you do with a lot of your information. You're going to have to be diligent. You're going to have to sort through. It's just like news and politics, right? Find what's accurate, search for the truth. But those opportunities are out there. But, it, you know, everyone's going to be covering it at some point. So it's nice that as some jobs disappear in certain fields, this is going to be a, a niche industry that expands, grows, explodes, and offers up opportunity as well. Yeah. And to your point, like uh, DraftKings added Jordan today, right? They gave him equity. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, sky's the limit. COVID's definitely affected everyone and everything. And even the once untouchable sports, right? Like how has it affected you from a work standpoint? Is everything kind of been the same and, and just your take on that? Uh, COVID hits in March or the Gobert situation happens in March. And then shortly thereafter, you know, daily wager it goes off the air because if there's no games, there's nothing for us to talk about. So we found a way, and this is one of the, when we look back on COVID and we try to study everything we did wrong, one of the things we did right was a lot of people were forced into situations where, you know, we still had to teach kids. We still had to hold meetings. We still had to create content, but we just couldn't do it in the traditional fashion. So like you and I right now on zoom, this comes out of nowhere down 28 to three to Skype. And, and just surges past them, right? Yeah. So we started using Zoom to create some YouTube videos. And then we also realized the power of YouTube from an NBA perspective. We were getting tons of traffic uh, on the NBA videos from YouTube. So now the, the company's realizing, let's embrace YouTube a little bit more in addition to the shows we're doing in the traditional ways in which we're providing content. So for me, it was a lot more working from home. I was doing the radio show in the morning from home, 1100 square foot apartment, two kids. The show started at 6 a.m. The poor wife had to get out of the bedroom, which is where the studio was, yeah. and try to manage the kids. So there was that. Daily wager wasn't as demanding because we were only doing some online stuff. But now we're in a situation where we were going to launch this studio for the week of March Madness. But COVID derailed that. So now the studio is basically launching September 8th for the start of the NFL season. But we've got a lot of procedures in place, right? You can't bring anyone by. Uh, we all have to distance in the office, assign seating. Everyone's wearing masks at all times. You know, you wear a mask onto the set, you take it off. You hope your makeup isn't screwed up. You're doing your stuff. You put the mask back on. So it's, it's an adjusted style of living, but we're starting to get back to normal now because we have some games. It's going to be a long go, but I think we've learned a lot from it in terms of producing content. And I think we're never going to take for granted a Thursday night NFL game between Jacksonville and Tennessee ever again. Yes. <laughs> never going to take that for granted ever again. 100% man the, the studio looks awesome right the pictures and the videos how, how sweet is it in person is it awesome it's fantastic so we work on we have an office space we park at Harris and it's a Caesars property obviously ESPN has a relationship with Caesars so we park at Harris and we cut through Harris very quickly to we go through COVID procedures like we first have to check in at the station have our temperature taken answer some questions show ID put the wristband on wear the mask cut from Harris over to the link, which is where all this is. You go up to the eighth floor, uh, there's office space, there's resources. We're up there using our computers getting ready. And then you go down to the fifth floor, cut across the roof and pop into the studios. So there's the green room, 
There's a small studio where we're going to be doing the digital show. There's the big studio where we're doing Daily Wager. A lot of ESPN shows are going to come out to do stuff there throughout the course of the year. I think when the Raiders play on Monday night, you'll see the countdown presence there. Everything's state-of-the-art. They've got a really great stage crew that's here in Vegas that, that handles the cameras and the audio. The show's being run from Bristol. So we're our producers and everyone we're familiar with in our ears, but we're kind of just, you know, we're learning the ropes, but it's beautiful. You're every, all the rooms look out over the strip. So it's, it's kind of a very inspiring and very humbling experience when you're sitting there and you can see the Bellagio fountains going off in the distance, you realize you got to live up to something here. You're, you're in yeah. this space for a reason. A lot of people in the sports world understand that this is launching. It's kind of the envy of the sports world right now. So you got some pressure to deliver, but you want to thrive on that pressure. You pressure is a good thing. In my opinion, you know, it keeps you focused. It keeps you grinding. It keeps the eye on the prize. It eliminates the distractions. A couple of things you touched on was, research aspect of things right like of course you have a lot of resources at ESPN to help you with some of that like how about personally yourself other than watching the game other than ESPN research you know what are some tools that you use when you're putting together your cards so I'm used to doing everything on my own and now I have so much at my disposal I'm we have a research person named Mackenzie Kramer on site he's fantastic I, I got to learn to like work with people like that now. I, I've got to learn to be to say it's okay to ask for help. It's not like I'm burdening anyone. That's what they're here for. They want to help you. We're beginning that process of communicating with one another. So I'm usually going through the card, say it's baseball this morning, right? And I'm looking at early line moves. I'm looking at the pitching matchups. I love to check the splits. Uh, the, the White Sox twin series has been good to me lately because two games ago I had the over. Uh, the Sox have been mashing left-handed pitching. Yeah. And then you get the righty matchup and you play the under. But that's not to say it's all been going well because I had Utah last night too. So I want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, I, I, it depends on the sport, but I'm using a lot of the same stuff other people are. I love to study the line moves and watch to see what's happening. I love to use baseball reference, pro football reference, the reference sites for a lot of data. Uh, ESPN has a lot of statistical stuff at their advantage too. Portals we can use. Uh, for nuggets that might be interesting you want to follow storylines injuries all that and then I'll talk to McKenzie and some other individuals and see what they're thinking and you try to work your way through picks you might like and I tried to build a case both for and against so if I really like for example I like the over in the stars avalanche game tonight everyone likes it it's gone over in every single game I don't see any reason to go against that so what I try to do is build the case against it first like let's let's try to debunk what I'm thinking and then let's try to build the case for, and if there's a big split between the two, we got to bet. If it's half and half, eh, it's probably a stay away. So I'm, I'm just, I'm digging through a lot of the sites. I think a lot of people were, if I had some sort of secret weapon, I tell you, you know, you got to stay on top of the information with Twitter too. COVID has been big with that. That's going to be the big thing for the NFL season. I think trying to stay ahead college football too of the COVID information. So you, you're on a bigger stage now. You talked about delivering, right? The internet you love it. You hate it. It's a, it's a place for a lot of amazing stuff. And there's a lot of trolls out there, right? Like how do you deal with losing picks? And then you just have people hammering you on the internet. Is it something you just don't even pay attention to? Do you address it? Do you read them? Uh, how do you deal with the whole thing? I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't pay attention to any of it. It's, it's almost impossible to avoid all of that, right? If you're going to choose to use social media, it's going to be very difficult to avoid the negative. That's the, the relationship with Twitter that I find to be so challenging because on one hand, it can be a great resource. You can be following Twitter while you're watching a game, commentary can break out and it can inspire a thought. 
someone could say something you're like, man, there is no way that makes sense. And then you think to yourself, this is going to be a good talking point on radio tomorrow, or we could run with this here and elsewhere, or, you know, you just, it can inspire you. Ideas can pop up stats, nuggets, things like that. But the flip side is there's so much vitriol and hate and anger. And that's what you got to work out of the equation. You know, I had a, an, a very enlightening moment just over two years ago. My family went on a trip in the summer to uh, Jackson, Wyoming. We went to Yellowstone. We did all that stuff. And I told my wife at the beginning, I was like, I'm not, I'm not messing with anything. I'm giving myself a 15 minute window each day to check my email and to check my text messages and voicemails. There's no social. And I'm only doing that so I can clear the emails. And in the event of an emergency, I can be in touch, but that's it. The phone's only going to be in my pocket in the event of an emergency or to take pictures. I'm not playing with any of it. And I did that. I stuck with it all week. And it was incredible because you're looking around at some of the most beautiful landscape on earth. And you're thinking to yourself, this is actually the world. This is the world. This is reality right here. These mountains, this lake, my kids running around. This is the world. Not when I look at this thing and people are yelling and screaming and fighting and getting at it. So what helps me most is a meditation session in the morning. Just try to get the head right. Just try to just do some deep breathing and, and stay calm and embrace the day. Because you know what? If you're going to talk about sports betting and you're going to bet more importantly, you're going to have losing days and you're going to have bad losing streaks and you're never going to have a chance to make it. You're never going to have a chance to win if you buckle under that pressure. It's, it's the idea, this is where some of all that poker playing I did back in the day comes into play because you have that bad beat. You got to shake that off. You know, you could sit out a couple of hands if you want, or you can get back in, but you can't go on tilt. So it's a constant process of trying to evolve as a human being, right? Just try to stay calm. Never get too high with the winning streaks, right? Never think you're on top of the world because it's going to crash and the lows are never the lowest points. Last year, daily wager football season is a perfect example. I was shit to start the season. Shit. And everyone's all over you. And you're thinking to yourself, just stay calm. It's going to be all right. Don't let it get to you. Just trust the process. Work to improve the process. And then eventually you go hot at the end of the year and you don't hear the trolls anymore. Yep. And then you lose a game and the trolls are right back. The trolls are good. The trolls will keep you focused. The trolls will keep you hungry. But don't, don't live your life on Twitter. Don't live your life on social. Very, very dangerous for your mindset. No, that's great to hear your thought process behind it. Last question, piece of advice for anybody trying to make it out there in the gambling space. Grind and get your reps. Just get your reps. Everyone is looking for the shortcut. Everyone is looking for the magical answer. There is none. The way it works is this. Just start doing it. Do a podcast. Do a live stream. Write. Do whatever you can. Right now is a wonderful time for young people who are trying to get into the industry because you don't need to actually be hired to do it. You don't need to wait for a newspaper to give you a job. You can start a blog. You can just start tweeting. Okay. You can do a live stream where you just hold your phone up. It, you don't need a great technical production because the best thing that's going to happen is you're going to get your reps. I was awful on radio when I first started. I was awful as a writer when I first started. I was awful on TV when I first started. Now I'm by no means great at any of those things now, but I'm better. I'm better because I studied people in the industry who were very good at it, but I got the reps, the experience and the reps are the most important thing. So just go do it. I tried to tell a lot of the young guys at the radio station in San Francisco, stop waiting for some magical break. Just start a live stream, pick a topic. Well, I'm not really sure. Let me tell you something. If you're single and you don't have children, you have no excuse yes. because once you have children, 
it, you, you're like, you're going to want to be a dad or a mom and you're yeah. going to have to find that balance. And the time isn't going to be there like it used to be, where you could put in 16 hour days, seven days a week. So get it done now. I don't care if no one watches it, just get the reps, get comfortable welcoming people to the stream and getting your thoughts out and then go back and watch it and learn your pacing. That's what I would say. There is no magical answer. Just start doing the work, do everything, make yourself a TV person, a radio person, and a, a writer, and you're going to have more opportunities. Versatility is key. Definitely about the parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My, my single friends kill me, man. The kids that I coach that are in their 20s, like, oh, I don't have too much time today. I, I, I got to go outside and watch a game. And I was like, dude, you don't know what you have coming in 10 years or, or whatever. All you have is time. I was single and then I, you know, I started dating my wife and it was like, oh, you know, this is taking up so much. I don't have any time anymore. <laughs> then yeah. you get married, you have the first kid and you're like, I'm completely screwed. Then you have the second kid. It, it just, it keeps piling on. You find yeah. ways, but I look back and I think to myself, man, if I was ever complaining about not having time when I was single, I was full of shit. 100% man. Okay. Before we wrap it up, rapid Q&A. Best pizza, where have you had it? Yeah, it would, it would definitely be New York City. Um, there's a spot here my, in Vegas, my wife and I like, called Naked City Pizza. We're big fans of it. The guy's from Buffalo, New York. That's where my wife's from. That's nice. one of our spots to watch Bill's games for uh, pizza and wings on the weekend. So if we can start gathering again, Naked City Pizza in Vegas has always been something we've enjoyed. All right. I'll need to try it. Favorite athlete growing up? Barry Sanders, you mentioned, or who else? What's growing up? Because I was, I'm, I'm like a huge Donovan McNabb fan, sure. but that was right around when I was like 19. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know what? Put Allen Iverson at the top of the list. That's my favorite of all time. Of course. Yeah. Favorite publication to read growing up? Probably be ESPN. I, I think growing up Sports Illustrated, I read a ton of Sports Illustrated growing up. You got it every week. You look forward to when it showed up. You'd pour through everything. Now it would be Phil Steele. I look forward to that every year. I love getting Phil Steele. And I, I read a lot of books, to tell you the truth. When I was a kid, I was nerdy. I read, I was reading the Hardy Boys left and right. I yeah. was picking up everything I could get my hands on. So I was reading more books than anything else. But yeah, I'd say Sports Illustrated back in the day. It was just every Thursday that thing showed up. That was a different world with the SI back then. And you'd yeah. be surprised how many people have mentioned Hardy Boys as their favorite thing to read growing up. I, I love I think it. I, read, I think I read all of those. Like I cleared through that whole series. I really enjoyed reading when I was a kid. I still do. But I mean, back then I was just, I always had my head buried in a book. Those are great. And before I let you go, I would be crazy if I didn't ask you. Favorite NFL pick for week one? Rams plus three. If the Rams get to plus three for that Sunday yeah. night game, I'm going to be taking the Rams in that one. By the time that game comes around, I think it'll get to three. Vikings minus two and a half over the Packers. Vikings are going to be at home. I am not a fan of Green Bay at all this year. Last year, look at the record in one-score games, the turnover differential. They were kind of a house of cards. Rodgers' numbers are way down. It was his second-worst completion percentage of the last 12 years, second-worst quarterback rating of the last 11 years. Now you got the, the kid they drafted in there, Jordan Love. So there's yeah. going to be that pressure. I loved Minnesota's acquisition of Ngakwe on defense. So now they're going to be bolstered there. You're not going to have the crowd noise. And I'm not saying I trust Kirk Cousins a whole lot, but I, okay. would, I, I like – if Minnesota's not even laying the full three, I'm not a big fan of the Packers. I'd lay it with the Vikings. I like it, man. The Packers remind me a lot of the Bears from two years ago. And uh, I, I see a similar regression coming this year. So, yeah, I love it. Well, thanks again for your time, Joe. I will uh, be in touch soon, man. I appreciate it, and, and we'll get this going. Good luck out there, man. Have a good one.
My thanks again to Joe for joining me today. If you're into gambling, be sure to check out his content on ESPN. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to give us a like or a follow and please share the word with your friends. Last but not least, you can follow my work at DocSquad33 on Twitter or VicChoxy33 on Instagram. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next time on Victory Lab.